Welcome to You Need a Coach, Bitch. I'm your host, Chris Hale. I'm a certified life coach and coach instructor. I'm also a master dance educator and self-proclaimed Zenial Pop Diva. Every week, I bring you a conversation to help you harness your inner authority by popping the patriarchy and crafting the life of your dreams. Are you ready to unleash your inner creator? Let's go. Hey, besties. How are you doing? How is everything going in your life right now? My life is going pretty well. Um, So I talked about discovering that I'm a reflector in human design, and I've really been leaning into that over the last week and creating more space and more rest and really showing up online and my marketing And just in general, in a way more authentic way, I feel way less pressure. I feel way more aligned with my messaging and with my people. And it feels really good. And I feel like actually everything's really resonating with people a lot more too. So, you know, just another vote for going all in on you and really thinking about what feels best for you, right? So even if you don't have a human design or an Enneagram or any of those things to kind of inform the way that you want to show up. Like if you really get like quiet with yourself and you're really honest with yourself, you will find answers. Those answers are within you. And I encourage everyone to lean into that. So today, um, today's topic comes directly from a conversation with one of my girlfriends. And, you know, we have a pretty consistent like morning Marco Polo routine. So, you know, we like send videos back and forth chatting and, and one of them, she was checking in with me and she asked if I was happy in a particular area of my life. And my response was that happiness isn't really usually a goal of mine. And this really surprised her. Um, And, and she even said that the reason why it surprised her is because she feels like happiness is most people's goal and I actually think that's true, but I don't think it should be, right? We're, we are taught that happiness is the goal. Like it's in the constitution. There's a whole Will Smith movie about it. And I just don't think that we should be trying to attain it because it's an emotional state um, and emotional states are transient. So the problem with making happiness the goal is that by default, we, we're, we're believing that it's this fixed state that we can get to right? And usually, like, we believe that if we change certain circumstances or create certain circumstances in our life, that once we do that, we're going to have the right circumstances and we're going to be happy forever. And this will never happen, never, because you're a human being and you're meant to have a range of emotions. You're not meant to set up shop with one emotional state and just stay there forever. But we're marketed this constantly, it's ingrained in us all. And so it it doesn't surprise me that she was surprised when I said that happiness wasn't my goal. Do I want to feel happy? Yes, but not all the time. The other thing that is problematic about this is that if happiness is the goal and we believe, even subconsciously, that we're supposed to be happy all the time, then when we do feel negative emotion, right, when we're not happy 24-7, we think something has gone terribly wrong. 
and we end up pathologizing the normal range of human emotion. And then when we can't stop ourselves from having uncomfortable feelings, we start doing stuff to try to numb out instead of process. But as creatives, I think we can also kind of get stuck in this headspace of like, you know, rejecting the toxic positivity that is trying to be forced on us and go the opposite direction and be like tortured and stressed and like brood about our work. And that's not it either, right? We don't want to set up shop there and be in that kind of a state all the time either, right? We can kind of get almost a little bit too attached to the difficulty of the process and tell ourselves stories about the quality of our work based on the amount of struggle that it took us to create it. So, right, I want to help you create a better relationship with all of your emotions, your negative emotions and your positive emotions. And I also want to help you be more intentional with how you'd like to feel on a regular basis if you find that you sort of default to emotions that you'd rather not be consistently experiencing, like maybe overwhelm or frustration. So that's kind of what we're going to focus in on today. And you're probably wondering, right, if my goal is not to be happy all of the time, and I've just brought in this idea of like the experiencing a negative emotion, what is my goal? And my goal is to have a full life. And a full life means experiencing the complete range of emotions that comes up while having a human experience. And I think the best way to illustrate this is to kind of focus on a specific circumstance. So we talk a lot about goals, right? We talk a lot about the results that we want to create as creatives um, with our work or within our businesses. And I want you to think about like the goal that you have right now. I want you to Like, think about the emotions that you want to feel while creating that goal, while creating that result. And I think where we go to is we go to an idealized version of what it's going to look like to create that goal. And then we're very, very disappointed and disillusioned when it doesn't work out that way. So I think... Like if we go with three top emotions that you want to have while creating your goal, a lot of people are going to be thinking, I want to feel excited. I want to feel motivated. I want to feel fulfilled. Those are amazing. But nowhere in there was there space for some of the other emotions that are inevitably going to come up while you're in the process of creating a goal. It's not realistic that you're going to feel motivated the entire time. Motivation is a spark, right? It hits, and then we need something underneath it to sustain it. So something like committed has a slower burn. We've talked about this already. So yes, I want to feel motivation, but maybe I also want to feel committed. And committed isn't necessarily like this like fuzzy feeling. It has a little bit more intensity. It's not necessarily like a positive feeling emotion, but it does get the job done. Excitement is similar to motivated, right? It comes in like a spark, but excitement really wanes quickly, right? You have that initial idea for the thing that you want to create. And then when it actually gets down to creating it, you have to go back to the steps of creating it. And that's when your brain starts being like, oh, well, there's so many steps. So, oh, now I feel overwhelmed. 
This is where, again, commitment can come into the picture and maybe be a more useful emotion. And then there's fulfilled. Well, what is it that creates a feeling of fulfilled for you? And I think that so often we decide we're not allowed to feel fulfilled in the work until we create the result that we want. But it's actually the opposite. We need to be able to create a sense of fulfillment during the process. So what about the process fills you up? What about the process lights you up? These are like really great questions that you can ask yourself when you're starting to think about like creating that feeling of fulfillment. And also when you notice that feeling of fulfillment has sort of dissipated or is has gone away. Or when you notice that like you don't have access to that feeling of fulfillment because you're believing it's not going to come until the end, right? You're, you're telling yourself some story like, I can't feel good about this until I finished it. That's completely not true. So when we go back again and we think about like the emotions that we want to feel, that we're going to feel on purpose, that we're going to invite in, motivation can totally be one of them. But what if we look instead to things like driven, focused, even stressed, right? Stress is not necessarily a bad thing. I watched a whole TED Talk on like our relationship with stress. It was super amazing. And it talked about how like certain stress is really important for us. You know, cognitive stress can be really good whenever you're learning a new skill, right? It helps keep your brain young to like exercise those muscles of learning. And there's a, a certain amount of stress that goes on, right? Like I remember taking piano lessons a few years ago and it was such a satisfying thing to like get to that point where you're like at your your threshold for mistakes and you can feel yourself going through that process of acquiring a new skill. Is it fun? No, it's not like jump up and down like, yay, I love this experience, but it definitely feels satisfying, right? Like I can get a sense of gratification or fulfillment from noticing myself going through that process of stretching myself, right? That's how I'm going to feel fulfilled. So when we go back to creating these goals in your business, right, really like focusing in and paying attention to the ways in which you're growing. Can you derive a sense of fulfillment from the growing, which means you have to be willing to feel the moment of stress. I don't just get to feel fulfilled. I actually have to go through that moment of feeling stressed, processing the stress, understanding where the stress is coming from, inviting it in. And then I get to celebrate the growth that I've just created for myself in that moment with being willing to feel stressed. So now that we've kind of talked about that, I think it could be fun to sort of do a little audit of your own life um, around your goals or just around anything. But like you can stick with this idea of business and kind of think about on a regular basis, what are the feelings that that come up most often? And once you've done that work to kind of look at that and say like, okay, this is what I'm feeling most often and also do the work to see like where they're coming from. Right. Again, we talked last week about overwhelm and the way that overwhelm might show up and the thought process that might be behind it. 
So you should be able to do that with any of these emotions that are coming up now. You should be able to like kind of look at a circumstance in your business where you've recently felt those emotions. And what was the thought process? What was the thinking that created those feelings for you? Right. And just kind of notice that. Notice the ones that are recurring most often. And then we want to switch to thinking about the ones that we want to feel on purpose. And some of those emotions that came up, right, that you feel on a regular basis, they might be ones that you want to intentionally create more of. And that's great. If you can trace back to the thinking that created them, then you're going to have more access to being able to create more of them in the future. If it's new emotions, like let's say it is something like commitment, and you've noticed that you've had a lack of commitment, right? You're, you're saying that you want to get something accomplished, but you're not actually like sitting down and getting to it and actually completing it, right? That means that you haven't been committed to creating that result. Okay, first, why has there been a lack of commitment? It's probably one of those other emotions, overwhelm, confusion, self-doubt. Great. Once you've addressed that, then you can start to think about what do you actually need to believe in order to create the feeling of commitment? And then we just start working on practicing that emotion and instilling more and more of it into us. And if we do this, we've now, we're now able to create a more full experience for achieving our goals, right? It doesn't have to feel all one way all the time, right? Like I don't have to feel stressed all the time on the way to my goal. I also don't have to feel happy all the way on the way to my goal. The other place that this really comes up and gets in our way is in our relationships. So we start to believe that if we aren't happy in relationships all the time, that again, something's gone wrong in our relationship that we like really need to fix. But just like our goals, we want our relationships to be filled with all of the range of human experience and emotion. So you're not going to be thrilled with your partner 100% of the time. You know how we know this? (laughs) Because you're not, (laughs) right? Like you're just not. And that's okay. It doesn't mean anything about you or about the relationship if sometimes you're like not super pleased with them. And the other thing is, is like we never get to understand why we're not super pleased with someone or something if we keep telling ourselves we shouldn't be feeling that way. And that's the other reason why we don't want to push away our negative emotion. We don't want to make it a problem is because when I make it a problem, I can't actually learn anything from it. So we want to be learning from the emotional experiences that we're having, and that way they become more valuable for us. When I lean into the emotional experience, right? With my partner, say like I'm frustrated with something that's going on in the relationship. Well, why am I frustrated? What am I telling myself about my partner or about me? Are there needs that aren't being met that I haven't communicated, but I'm just believing that my partner should like know that those are needs of mine without me having to communicate them? This gets a lot of people into trouble, right? is thinking that someone should be able to read your mind. People are not mind readers. 
And when you think that they should be, that's when you create frustration for yourself. Now, it can feel scary to like communicate a need and maybe be met with the fact that it's not going to be met by your partner. But then that just opens things up for a conversation where you get to decide like if it's a deal breaker or not. And again, this is what it means to experience all the ups and downs of being in a relationship with someone, right? Sometimes you're going to feel a little bit vulnerable, maybe asking for what you you need. And I understand, like, for some of us who have a history of trauma, maybe we have a history of our needs not being met. Um, and so we've developed coping mechanisms to sort of deny that we have needs, right? Or to tell ourselves that our needs are in- inappropriate or not justified. So yeah, it might feel a little bit scary for you to really get quiet and honest with yourself about what you need and then communicate that to your partner because there is a risk that they're not going to be able to reciprocate. They're not going to be able to come through. But then if they aren't, the only thing that's happening on the other end of that is you feel bad. So we've talked about this before is that like the worst thing that can happen in any situation is a negative emotion. And the better that you get at creating a safe space for yourself around your emotion, the easier it's going to be for you to show up and be vulnerable and ask for what you need. I'm not saying that this work is easy. This has been a journey for me in my own life um, with all of the the traumas and um, experiences that I've had growing up, like becoming a safe space for me to feel has been a journey. It's included a lot of therapy, a lot of coaching. I was on meds for a while. Um, A lot of somatic experiences of helping to regulate my nervous system and really being this safe space that I never had and creating it for myself with me so that I'm not going to make myself wrong for having the emotional experience that I'm having. And that's something else that you might want to check in with for yourself is, you know, what is the story you tell yourself about your emotional experience? I had a client who I was talking to that was having some problems with anger, like allowing herself to feel anger. And it's just because of the story she was telling herself about anger and how it wasn't okay to be angry. And that's another one of the repercussions of believing that we're supposed to be in this positive feeling state all the time is that we make it not okay to feel some of these emotions that are inevitably going to come up. So this week, like the simplest thing that you can do for yourself would be to kind of do what we talked about earlier. Do that assessment of what you're noticing are the feelings you are having the majority of the time, really investigating why that is, and then shifting into, okay, what do I want to be intentionally creating as my emotional experience? I know for me that the emotional experience that I'm actually trying to create is one of having more often than not a stable emotional place. And what I mean by that is that like, I'm not phased or it doesn't completely like knock me off course to feel ranges of emotion. So if I feel down, I don't make that mean something terrible. 
I also, if I get excited or hyped, right, I don't try to latch on to that and never let it go or make it a problem when it stops happening. So I've created this sort of like stable place where um, I'm no longer like feeling anxiety all the time or I'm no longer in that depressed state, which is great. I've moved out of that. And now I have like a more streamlined, stable space that I live in. And then that allows me to kind of go up and down, right? And be more open to that full experience. The other thing that is with creating that stability is that having that like stable place of being has actually allowed me to sort of push my tolerance for positive emotion, right? Some of these emotions, some of the ones that you'll notice you're feeling on a regular basis are just habits. We just get accustomed to feeling a certain way. And any change out of feeling that way can feel really wrong to us, especially if it's a slightly negative emotion. When we shift into maybe feeling more positive on a regular basis, like it can be a little bit scary to be like, oh gosh, like, what is this? I'm not used to it, right? And then we create a problem around the positive emotion. So being in that slightly more stable place, that more even place for me has allowed me to explore my tolerance for positive emotion, right? We, we, we're so good at like taking away our positive emotion. It's like the other shoe is going to drop or this, this, it's too good to be true. Like we, there, these are sayings that we've all heard and we all use. And what if that's not true? What if it's not too good to be true? What if everything's working out exactly the way that it's supposed to right now in this moment, knowing that there will be a moment when you don't feel good again, but if we can be like, yeah, this feels really good. I'm going to celebrate the good and live in that and not try to pull myself out of it prematurely because life will inevitably bring something up. You will get sick. You will get in a fight with someone. Someone will cut you off in traffic. Like the good, trust me, the good feeling isn't going to last forever, <laughs> but you don't have to be the one to prematurely cut it off. You can sort of make that commitment to yourself that you want to stretch your capacity for feeling good if that's something that you find is harder for you to access like it was for me. All right, folks, that's what I got for you today. How do you want to feel? That's the question. So go with that this week. Explore it. Hit me up with any feedback you have on it, any questions. I would love to continue this conversation with you. If you are loving the podcast, it's time to put a ring on it. It would mean the world to me if you would do one or all of these things. First off, subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts or all the places podcasts are available if you want to be extra. While you're there, giving a five-star rating and leaving a review would be epic. And lastly, spreading the love by sharing your favorite episode would be beyond. Thanks, love. We'll talk soon.